Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to Fergie Time. It's a brand new podcast, um, Daily Record Sports Desk. Uh, my name's Keith Jackson. I'm joined, of course, by the man himself, Fergie Time, Barry Ferguson. Barry, putting this podcast together, I don't know if me and you are going to get on particularly well sitting in a broom cupboard in the Daily Record HQ, but we're going to try it out. <laughs> what do you think of Fergie Time, the title? Are you happy with it? I've seen better, I've heard better, but maybe I'll, you should have had an input. Ah, well, I left it up to you to see what you would uh, you would come up with. I was told um, to keep it simple. Well, it was very simple. So, <laughs> well, I've, well, do you know what I don't like? Fergie time with Barry and Keith. With Barry and Keith, that sounds like caravan enthusiasts. <laughs> well, it's not going to be like Windermere. that. Believe me. Right, okay. There's nothing up with Lake Windermere. That's lovely, down there. No, but a caravan. I, I don't want to sound like I'm a guy that right. likes caravans and right. that sort of lifestyle. No? No. What's up with a caravan? Well, nothing if you're into it, I guess. Well, I'm not. It's not my All right, fair thing. enough. Right. Anyway, we thought this would be a, the best time to start this podcast immediately in the aftermath of the first Old Firm match of the season. Barry, I can only imagine how much you enjoyed watching Rangers get beat 2-0 with Celtic. It was hard. Um, look... I'll be honest, the better team won. Um, going into the game, I've got to be honest with you, I was really confident. The simple fact is I just think Rangers have been playing some really good stuff. The new signings have settled in. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was the biggest test yet, there's no doubt about it. I know they've played a few qualifying rounds in the Europa League, but this was the acid test against the Celtic team. who And they didn't turn up. Let's be honest, the Celtic team have come under a bit of criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rangers, as you said, didn't turn up. I didn't think either team dominated. Um, but Celtic came and done a job on Very Rangers. Very game. Listen, we will be joined later in the show from live from Australia with Scott McDonald, mm-hmm. former Celtic player, and obviously have a chat with him about you know what, he, what his take on the game was. Because we have promised special guests and Scott McDonald, it's, yep. not, it's not a great start, <laughs> but he's done, he's done as a turn, hasn't he? Scott, he was a decent player, he was a pest on the <laughs> on the pitch, had a couple of run-ins with, with Scotty, but no, I listen. Talk me through them. Because um, he's not got much to say for himself, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, listen, he was always one of the players where you could get under your skin, Scotty, but he was a good player as well. He was a good player. He was good. He was one that you would... You would want in your in your team. Well, Walter um, Smith tried to sign him for Rangers, didn't he? Yeah, and I'm I'm not surprised. He's he's been on and had a a great career, and um, he's a goal scorer as well. So it'll be interesting to see what. What was it about him that got under your skin? Just anybody got under my skin yeah. when I played against him. <laughs> um, that's a sign of a good player. Aye, that annoys you. Aye. Mm. Yep. Right. So, in terms of this 
latest uh, episode of the old firm drama. Uh, mm-hmm. As I said, Barry, I don't think Rangers turned up. I've also written a column today, and I'm saying I think Stephen Gerrard, I'm not going to say he bottled it, but I think he sent out a very negative message with his team selection, with his tactics. I think that if I was Neil Lennon and I looked at that team and I thought he's not even putting a winger up against Ball and Golly, yep. that I'm going to feel a lot more confident going into this game than, than I might have done. I don't think that's, that Rangers really went out the way to test Celtic. I think Stephen Gerrard set out a team to minimise the damage that Celtic could do to Rangers rather than look to exploit Celtic's weaknesses. Yep, I, I've got to be honest, I, I was surprised you asked me to put a team out, which I thought the manager would Ahead of the with. game, yeah, yeah. Yep, and I, I was surprised that he never went with a wide man. Um, look, I thought Arfield would have played in a wide area. I like Scotty Arfield coming in either flank, whether it's in the left or the right. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised that I, I thought he would have went with Ojo, if no Ojo, Jordan Jones, who um, had a big impact in, in Thursday night in the European yeah. game. So I was surprised, and also up front, I would have went with look you know what I think he's your main defoe mm-hmm. I think he's a a fantastic footballer what a career he's had scores goals but I just thought this game suited a Morelos type up against a defence that has come under a bit of criticism mm-hmm. um, two different players for me Morelos likes the the rough and tumble he rails whoever he plays up against um, defoe's more linking up and movement yeah um, so uh, that's the two areas where I was surprised um, but I still thought when the team did get put up on the screen when I was watching it I still think it had enough to go and win the game because Rangers are in a good place at this moment in time but surely that team was designed to try and suffocate Celtic's midfield yeah well, as, look, opposed I, to, I, as opposed I, to trying to exploit I, I, I says the midfield's always won and lost that, that, that is the heat of the battle that's where games are as for me dictated um, but in the wide areas I do think two guys making old firm debuts for Celtic well they ended Celtic ended the game with four, four. yep and, and I've got to be honest with you it's probably look I thought they had a good game ball and goalie I thought Julian strolled it yeah. beat on at the back strolled it until he came off and um, I just thought Rangers didn't put them under enough pressure whether did Thursday night take a lot out of Rangers? Well, none of hand Celtic were away from home. Aye, they had the travelling as well. Yep. Just at, yeah, at the end of the day. Is it a, is it a character Rangers is it a character problem when they're going into this game when, as I think it's been discussed, the bookmakers were making Rangers favourites for the first time in I don't know how long for an old firm match. Mm. Is that a character problem being able to deal with that pressure? The pressure of, of knowing that you're the favourites going into the game. That does make a difference to a player. It, it does. I, I enjoyed it. Whether you were underdogs or you were favourites, you've got to go in with a mentality. Forget about what people are saying, what the bookmakers are saying, what the fans are saying. Rangers are in a good place. Was and I just t- don't think Rangers were at it. Was there too many players? Because right, Or for them. Well, not just that. This is what I like to talk to you about because you've had the experiences of you know, all the things that all the fans out there that listen to this would, would want to know. What's it like? What's it feel like? in the dressing room before an old firm match that's a new experience for quite a lot of the players and that, yep. uh-huh. was it too many and, and, and was it just did it, do you no, think did you get the feeling the players, it overwhelmed them Jacko that's up to the players who are making their debuts now these guys have seen what Ibrox is like in the league they've seen what Ibrox is like in the Europa League it doesn't compare to an old firm game 
So that's when the guys that have been there and played in these games, i.e. Alan McGregor's, Davos, Ryan Jacks, guys like that, to have a chat with these boys and say, listen, this is like no other game. You're going into an atmosphere that you will never ever experience you can't even hear yourself think you can't it's just it's crazy so I'm sure they guys would have spoke to Aribos but you can't really as you said you you can't legislate or you can't properly explain to somebody what this is going to be like you actually need to experience it for yourself yeah but I think if you look in that Rangers team a hell of a lot of the players had the experience Mm -hmm. no firm games Flanagan yeah Tavernier, the whole back Bolson, four. Katic, yeah, McGregor, Devo, Jack. Well, the ones that Defoe, mm-hmm. Aribo hadn't. Obviously, I was just surprised. I like him coming for the central midfield area. I thought he looked a bit lost. I do think in time he will be a massive player for Rangers. Actually, Arfield, there's a lot a of experience. Point. There's a lot of experience. There was only one. So, I've talked rubbish. Yeah, there was, so there was only one player. There, that was Aribo in the starting eleven that hadn't played. There's been a lot of experience. Uh, they've experienced first and foremost the atmosphere they've experienced what it's like to win a game talk me through it right this is what I'm interested to know you're in this situation you're in the stadium you're about to go out there you're about to play in it. you've played in countless but every single one got to you yeah yep. Yep. how do you deal with how, whether what, what I was, was your... in top form whether the team I was playing with that team uh, that time was in top form whether we're going through a difficult period I've experienced all different Scenarios going into that how did game. You, how did you keep yourself focused and calm ahead of that fixture? What, what, what was your routine? <laughs> well, where did I start? Um, look, it's the full build up. I was a bit no right in the head in terms of things that I, I'd done. <laughs> um, I just had to make sure that I was at fever pitch going out in that pitch. I, I, leading up to the game, it was nerves. It was probably leading up. 48 hours before he went out in that pitch that's when I started no sleeping um, agitated I just wanted to get out 40 minutes before the kickoff to sample the atmosphere and try and get some of the 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 atmosphere into me mm-hmm. I, I try to use the fans on it. Yeah. I, as much as I could I would go and obviously run side to side um, and just try and use their energy um, Yep, energy for the fans. Um, whether that was the right or wrong thing, that's what I'd done every single time. It was difficult when you went to Celtic Park, but at home, you would go out there and there'd be at least 25,000 fans already in that stadium. And you would try and feed off that. And that's what I'd done every single time I, I played. In the dressing room, listen, I've probably done some stupid things, like just walking in and out of the dressing room, into the toilet three, four times. Look myself yeah, arguing with yourself. I, I had a good argument in the mirror a couple of times. <laughs> um, the tiles were quite shiny in the, the shower room, and I would be looking at myself in the tiles. And did you not hit them? No, uh, punching well, it. No, no punching. Like trying to break them. I just, <laughs> I don't know. I'd just do wee daft movements in front of things. Um, probably some of the guys were thinking what. Well, that's what I was going to What's say. going on in that guy's head? But that got me How's the rest games. of Every, some players Everybody has their own wee bit. Some people get quiet, sat at their place. I would sit down for three or four minutes. I would get up for three or four minutes. I would walk into the physio room, have a chat with somebody. I'd walk into the gym. I'd get into Jimmy Bell's room. I'd go back into the, the dressing room. 
have a look round about, listen to a bit of music, walk into the toilet, walk into the shower room. I was always on the move. Mm. I couldn't sit still. So oh, my question is why I'm why I'm you know interested in all that because it's fascinating. But I, I'm wondering. I do, I just don't know. I just maybe it was just an off day. You've said it. I in think your it was column, an off day. day the I, office, I don't but, think but people me, should I'm get their knickers sure. in a twist because there was a lot of a lot of players had experienced that game. I just thought Celtic were better on the day. I'm not going to sit here and use excuses. A, a Thursday night, both teams played on Thursday night. Yeah. Celtic travelled to I Stockholm. I know it's only a short journey. I just thought, uh, sorry, Celtic were, were the better team on the day. There was too many Rangers players had, had off days. I found interesting was the kickoff. To me, it that was, was a sign. Aye. I think Neil Lennon's looked at the Rangers lineup. I think he's thought they look perhaps a wee bit scared of what we can do to them. I think if Celtic take that kick off and they go back into their own half, it Which gives Rangers the do. opportunity to go and press. That's the difference with what Neil Lennon's brought there. If that's Celtic the last season, they'd have started and played the ball about the back, passed it. Yeah. Edwards took the kick off, he's drilled it into the corner flag, and they've says to Rangers, We're here to attack you. We're here to make sure we shut down spaces. We are here to get on top of you and make it a, a difficult day and I, I was Brendan Rodgers would have had a heart attack at that wouldn't he that, that would have been yeah and I, I think quite a lot of people would have looked at the kick off and thought well but listen it's but it, it's it mind games that's, that's and it an allowed intent. Celtic to get forward and press Rangers and they applied the high press to Rangers yeah, you put them Rangers the couldn't get out for five minutes and that set the Jackal you day. put Rangers in the corner defensively and you make sure they don't get out and that's what Celtic done they made it uncomfy. They they came in a clear intent. Celtic. What you said before the game, Barry, that midfield was key. Uh, I thought for Rangers, Stephen Davis had a good game, and mm-hmm. uh, I thought that they only ever looked like trouble in Celtic when Davis was on the ball. But I thought for Celtic, Scott Brown was absolutely immense again. After a couple, he's had a couple of difficult last couple of visits to Ibrox. I thought he was immense yesterday. Yeah, first Davo. He was good. I've seen Devil better, mm-hmm. but he was a, he was at least the one player that was trying to get things going. He made a couple of off passes, I slack passes later but on in the game. That's probably just a bit of frustration, and you could see he's got high demands, he's got high expectations. And I, I watched his interview after the game on Rangers TV, and you, you just look at the guy's face; he was distraught. Mm-hmm. No, that's a guy who's hurting. That's what you want. I'd fully expect every single player in that dressing room to be hurting. Um, and Scott Brown, as you says, he's had a couple of off games. I thought he's been overpowered in the midfield the last couple of um, old firm games. He said there'd be in his bonnet about that. He's obviously read people's comments about him, which we've all had. Your time's up, your legs are gone. Yeah. But... He was good. There was no doubt him and Callum McGregor were were um, were excellent for Celtic. How did you find playing against Scott Brown? He would have been... I, I liked it, enjoyed it. He, was, he would have been quite young just when you were... Yeah, I'd, I enjoyed coming up against every Celtic player. You know what I mean? I had some great times, I had some difficult times. Um, but that's the games you want to play in. You want to come up against guys who are, are desperate to win for their team. I, I just looked at it upon a as a, they were my real competitors. Everybody was a competitor I played against. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you come up against, whether it was a Neil Lennon who was captain at the time, whether it was a Scott Brown, 
a younger Scott Brown. I just made sure that I go and I went and I, I tried to put my stamp on the game. And that came with either a first tackle, first header, or more importantly for me, make sure your first pass is spot on. That's the way you get yourself into an old firm game. Over these years, whether it's been Celtic Dons, that's Scott Brown now, captain Celtic to eight successive titles. He's looking for nine. There have been periods where it looks as if he almost bullies the Rangers midfield. Have you felt that? And do you think it's changing? Because it looked to me again at the weekend as if he was in complete control of what was going on around him. Yeah, I, I just thought a, an Arebo playing against a Bruni would have been a bit different. He's different from, obviously, the midfield three that played. Davo, Ryan, Jack, who for me are certain starters for Rangers. Mm-hmm. I like the two of them. I think Jack's come on a hell of a lot. I've seen him better. But he'll only get better by playing with somebody like Devo. I just like a rebo in there. I thought he looked pretty lost out there. Look, he can play in the, the wide area. There's no doubt in my mind the guy has got all the attributes to be a, a top player. But for me, he's a central midfielder. Yeah. I like him driving for that. So would you have had him on Brown, basically? Yeah, because, look, Brownie's no, Brownie's no getting any younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have just liked to see Aribo in that middle area breaking forward where I've seen him since the managers brought him in now the managers went with a different system he'll probably look Stephen Gerrard's a clever guy he'll go away and he would have watched that did game. he overthink it then does Stephen Gerrard yeah, overthink listen, it or did he bottle it I liked his I, liked, I don't think he bottled it no I don't I just thought he got the personnel wrong and I think he's the type of manager he'll go away and and study that and his interview after it he's taking part of the blame that's what I like I don't like a manager who puts it just on the players at the end of the day it's a manager who picks that 11 yeah. to go out he did kind of put quite a bit on the players though yeah, but listen, he said players, that he was accepting the blame and then said well also, only John Flanagan can walk away with his head yeah, out, you've got the players have got to realise that this is a tough one to take but on the other hand it's only five games in they've got a long time now to go away it's international break it's two weeks and it's how you come back for us now they need to come out the traps flying the next game they need to right do you know one thing I'll ask before we go join Scott McDonald in Australia um, in terms of Rangers recruitment this season and mm. where they're at and, and there's been a lot of fuss made about you know that they're you know, looking tremendous and this and that I, I look at it and I wonder down both sides they had Candace on the right hand side they had Kent on the left last season I think they've downgraded. I don't. I don't think they're as strong in the, in those departments, which were key areas for that team and the way it was playing last season. Look, I don't think they've got the similar standard. I'm not agreeing you with Candace. I don't uh, think Candace is particularly good. I'm just saying that I don't think they've got anybody that's even. I think Jones in time will be. I think Rebo in time will be. Kent, you know my thoughts on Kent. I think Kent is a fantastic player. I think Rangers miss him. They can't afford to pay it. It's dead and buried. They need to move on for that. You know, he, he would make one hell of a difference. Well, funnily he enough, there was, there was rumours last night that, and suggestions, I was contacted last night, suggestions that Rangers were, had opened negotiations again with Liverpool through the night or late yesterday to try and get Kent in ahead of the transfer. I hope you're right. Closing. I hope, I hope you're, you're right. Cause it was he, denied... But, but, 
I'm not quite sure. Suggesting you never, that listen, Kent might be What you mentioned there, Kendis and Kent, for me, Kent was a difference last year for Rangers. Mm-hmm. It's it's a body blow, no to get him back. But I do think that Rangers have brought in good players. I do. I think Rangers... I, mean, I was one of the ones in... Look, you'll back me up on this. I wasn't getting too carried away. I think Rangers are going the right direction. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to go and win the league here. I was, for the first time in a long time, confident of them going to get something. But now, Celtic have came and shown that they're here to try and stay on top of the tree. It's a statement. It is a statement. So... Rangers need to go back to the drawing board, go and work even harder, and try and knock Celtic off their perch, which for me is going to be difficult because you've seen that kind of performance yesterday for Celtic. Where I thought I wasn't, a, I'm not saying it was a great performance. I just thought they can, they, they came and they contained Rangers. That they dictated the the pace and the tempo of the game, which is which is hard to take. Because I think Rangers have done that since the off this season. Mm-hmm. They have dictated yeah. to teams when they come to Ibrox, Rangers dictate what way the game's going to go. I thought Celtic came and reversed that. Yeah. Um, what we'll do in a minute is join Scott McDonald. The, the last thing, Barry, and it was a big controversy ahead of the match. Yeah, for finding. Uh, putting penalties on Rangers for sectarian racist chant and all that a lot of people would have been looking at the the fan behaviour the car, the, the kind of carnival around this fixture and wondering what was going to happen at the weekend if they'd be what you can do it seemed to me as if everyone passed off it did. Well, as, if the, as if both sets of supporters which it's always a worry what, what, what's going on I mean I, I'm there to watch a game I'm like 99.9% but you, but you know fine well you, as it's much as you worry. want to watch that game someday, this, some idiot does something stupid yep. that's all we talk about they're for under five the spotlight days. Rangers are now and I'm glad that there's nothing that's come out yet the only thing that's come out it's been a bad day at the office <laughs> Rangers have lost three points there was nothing going on towards in the, the stand which I'm glad about right, just talking about football and know what's well you say sang. you say it's a bad day at the office we're about to be joined in the line now with uh, someone who probably has a very opposite view. I'm sure he thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, whatever he was watching the game last night. Scott McDonald. I mean, better side one. Yeah, I think so. I think you know, Celtic were very comfortable, you know, especially for a fixture that was played on the old enemy uh, turf mm-hmm. in terms of playing at Ibrooks and um, the last two games that have been played there. They've been well and truly beaten. So, um, you know, they turned up and were well up for the occasion. I think we've seen that even with Scott Brown's reaction in about 16 minutes when I think Ahmed made a tackle down down the touchline, that they were pumped for this. They really wanted to really, you know, stamp their authority on this after losing the last two and they were hurting from that. Where did you Um, watch it, by the way? Where did I watch it? Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I went to uh, a few friends' uh, pub to go and watch it. (laughs) Was this the Melbourne Celtic Supporters Club? Uh, Yeah, I was invited down there. (laughs) So I thought I'd uh, make a little appearance and uh, join in with the boys. And thankfully, it was a a good night in the end. I had to leave early. Uh, Obviously, I was training today, so... 
I uh, couldn't party on afterwards, so it was a sensible one for me. Yeah, well, everybody would be having the best of order, I'm sure. Yeah, but don't worry, I watched the game again today, so I know exactly what I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> I mean, Barry, we're talking here, it was Celtic were the better side. I get the feeling that Rangers really didn't turn up, as yeah, we've discussed. Look, Jack, well, I've got no complaints. Uh, I agree with Scotty. I thought Celtic were a better team. Right for the, the word go, the kickoff was I mean the one that Edward took mm-hmm. the kick off, kicked it out the pitch down at the corner flag and Celtic came with a real intent to say, listen, we've arrived at Ibrooks to go and close yous down and get close to yous and look, I've got no complaints. I expected a lot more for Rangers, but you've got to give Celtic credit, I thought I don't think it was a very good game, Scott. No, it, I don't no, think it was scrappy. It was, it was scrappy no, it but wasn't. I thought Celtic managed the game a lot better than yeah. Rangers did. There was a yes. lot of expectations on Rangers' shoulders going into the game. I was confident that Rangers could get a, a result and I think many Rangers fans were as well. But at the end of the day, Celtic deserved it. What was the atmosphere down there, Scott? What was the kind of going into it? Were, were the Celtic fans I think, a little I think bit there was a lot of concern it? in terms of the, the back four lineup. Yeah. You know, everyone was a bit concerned, especially you know with... Uh, Beaton, you know, Bolongoli not having the best of starts of his Celtic career. And, you know, obviously there's been a lot of negativity surrounding him, you know, especially, you know, press-wise since, he, you know, on his performances since he mm-hmm. came to the club. Um, but he, he, for a man, you, you can't fault them, especially that back four. I thought Beaton was exceptional, mm-hmm. you know, until he had to come off with his hamstring. And obviously Julian's come on to a game now. He, he seems to have found his feet in a Celtic jersey and, I think Hamid's going to be a very good player for Celtic as well. He's he's a physical specimen, and I thought he coped especially well. Uh, Quite with composed, the didn't right? he? Well, you've got to look at how many guys were making their debut, you know, in, in you know old firm game. You know, that, that was huge, you know. And I, I think if you're a Rangers fan, a Rangers player, a Rangers manager today, you're hugely disappointed. What really surprised me from the word go was how they stepped off Celtic. Yeah, they never went and high pressed them. You know, and but I was that not? That, that's the kickoff, isn't it? That's Edward's kickoff. Celtic didn't yeah. give Rangers the chance to get a high press, and they didn't take a backward step from the kickoff. And they said to Rangers, "Right, we're going to come and we'll press you up in your half." Rangers didn't recover from yeah. that. Yeah, well, I, I think like we just you know touched on as well. Celtic, you know, dominated possession, you know, without really causing too many problems for for Rangers. But a lot of the game, you know, in that first half was played in in, in the Rangers half. You know, you would fully expect, you know, Rangers to, to come and regardless of the kickoff, even Jacko, you know, in terms of, you know, when the back four of Celtic had the ball, you know, the, the narrow three of Rangers mm-hmm. were, were just sitting off them, you know, on that sort of sort of mid-semi-circle line, you know, and waiting for, you know, Celtic to come on them to try and counter, um, which, you know, in, in the previous two games, I felt that, you know, Rangers were right at it and then right, right on Celtic's toes from the word go. They just didn't do that yesterday and, you know, I think rightly so. Stephen Gerrard's held his hand up a little bit and, and made himself accountable. Yes, the players had to do better, but tactically, I think they probably got it wrong yesterday, as proven. Yeah, I mean, Barry, Scott, I mean, the one question everybody's going to ask now at the end of this, Celtic now three points <laughs> clear. I mean, the league's not won, is it? But Or, or has, has this been a message sent out by Celtic that, you know, it's their title, they're not giving it up? No, listen, it's it's far too early, Scott, I'll tell you. It's only the fifth yeah. game into the season, but Celtic have came with a clear message that they're not giving this league title up. I mean, as I said, there was a lot of confidence round about Ibrox, a lot of confidence getting into this game, and Celtic, for me, went and showed why they are champions. 
Um, as he's mentioned, the back four, I don't think Rangers really put them under any pressure. But what I've got to say is, the guys that have been under the microscope, i.e. Bolingoli and, and Julian, I thought were exceptional. Yeah. And Beaton, yeah. I mean, he's always been a good football player. He's a central midfielder, but to go back into that back four, I, I think he strolled it. Yep. He strolled it yesterday. My Celtic defence wasn't really up against anything, was it? No, that's why I thought the manager maybe have went with Morelos. He's a different player to Defoe. Listen, I think Defoe's a, an exceptional centre-forward, his movement or whatever, but Morelos brings something different. He ruffles feathers up a wee bit more. And that's why I was surprised yeah. that he went with the four. Mm-hmm. What about down there? I'd have to agree on that. I'd have to really agree on that. You know, in terms mm-hmm. of the, the ticking time bomb that he is. Um, but when you see that inexperience back for a Celtic, you think, is it worth the risk? And I think it really was worth the risk yesterday. And even the, the, for the time that he was on, um, yeah, he had a couple of shots astray in that. And he was, but he, he was causing chaos, and he was upsetting Celtic. And it, that's what he does. You know, he puts you on the front foot as a team and I, I think they really missed him in, in terms of that and he probably got it the wrong way around because you know for Defoe and at his age at the minute and he's been on great form but with his savviness and people getting tired within the game and using his experience I thought probably him coming on later on in well, the game would well, have been you, a better option you guys tell me right but here's my thinking on that Defoe is a better player in terms of linking up the play you know um, linking up with the midfielders he's more intelligent better movement but Defoe was completely isolated yesterday, so that's uh, yeah, so there was so there was no link up for him to be doing. So I sure, can't so surely with that in terms of physicality, you know, in terms of the way Morales can use his body and, and cause problems, it was proven last yesterday that because he was isolated. Exactly, you know, that's what I'm saying, Scott. Jermaine if you, if you're going to play the way that they played, surely Morales is the shout because he is the guy that will ruffle them up and you know get in about the defenders and try and unsettle people whereas Defoe's all about the link up Rangers weren't anywhere near Defoe to link up with him yeah but I think that comes with his decision and I mean it surprised me with his midfield three his central three I think I think the central three Rangers over the past month has been really good Mm -hmm. Aribo, Jack and Devo Um, and the two wide boys or you can say I know Arfield he for me should start I like him he comes off the left or right side really well and I thought it was a perfect game for a Jones or an Ojo mm-hmm. yesterday so I was surprised yeah. that, I was surprised at that selection but for me Rangers are a different team when Morelos was in up top he ruffles feathers he makes it horrible I'd imagine any centre half that plays against him doesn't enjoy it Defoe's different he's all about movement Mm-hmm. Yeah, Morelos likes the the battle, uh, the rough and tumble. He coming up against two centre backs, and I think it might have been different if Morelos played against Julian and and beat on. But yeah. look, even when they come on, he did make a slight difference. But I still thought, obviously, beat on come off injured. But I thought Big Julian strolled it. Yeah. So what, what yeah. about what about down there, Scott? Was the the reaction at the end of it? That's it. Nine rows done. Uh, look, I don't think any fan would would admit that. I think it's a, a huge psychological uh, positive for Celtic and a huge blow for Rangers. I think the biggest test now um, and the biggest challenge for Rangers is to bounce back straight away from that, and that will really prove, you know, whether or not they are title contenders this season. You know, I think when teams like Barry will tell you, when you come off bad old firm, you know, results. You know that you know the bounce back is so important to get back on the horse and, and to start going again and putting pressure on your rivals. So it's important that 
doesn't deter them too much um, and they get back on after this international break and, and get on with the job at hand and, and get three points in the bag and, and go, right, we're, we're back on our way here. It's only three points. It's up to you now, Celtic, to, to match us every time. We're going to try and match you. So, um, But certainly for, for Celtic, I think there has been a lot within the media and, and obviously, you know, like Neil Lennon touched on yesterday, yeah, which he's right to do is, you know, in terms of, you know, the fans as well, not backing them. Um, which is clearly has been the case. Um, I think it's more more the case that, that you know because Neil Lennon was seemed to be making a point that the media was right. I didn't see the media writing Celtic off anywhere. If anything, you're right, Scott. If there's been a little bit of stick flying about, it's been more from Celtic supporters to Neil Lennon than it has been. I, I thought it was yeah. a, a wee bit overemphasized. This stuff about you know people said we were coming here and we were second favourites, and I, I didn't see well, too much think- of that. I think when you see it in the bookies and I think when you see some certain pundits, you know, favouring, you know, Rangers to win that game, I think you use it, you know, it's fuel to the fire, isn't it? You know, and I think it's certainly used for the, you know, for the occasion and, and Neil's used that with his players and I think he's come out pumped after the game and certainly wanted to nail a few. And I think Charles <laughs> Patterson was one of them <laughs> from, from what I heard, you know, from his, from his, you know, after match interview. Um, but no, Poor it's quite a words, but, but, was it was it not Charles Patterson? No, I, I, I might well have been. Yeah, it was a nice it big was. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, <laughs> but he, he nailed him, <laughs> nailed him straight away, didn't he? He's saying it was all about Stevie G before this game. So, right. um, but you know what? You know, Celtic. When you look at it um, in terms of you know results within the league, they've been excellent. You know, they've they've really put some you know goals away as many as mm-hmm. you know, Rangers have. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had one. I really think what's bad killed Lenny Scott is. The Champions the League Europe. qualifier. Yep. Absolutely. I heard that them, one game. Yep. 145 minutes that he says they've been really poor. The rest of the season, let's be honest, they mm-hmm. have been in fire in the league. Mm-hmm. They're scoring goals. Yep. And obviously, he's come under the microscope with a couple of signings where he splashed out 7 million for Julian, 3 million for ball and goalie. It's going to take these guys these guys' time to well, settle in. A performance like that the other day is going yeah, to help. They're going to just grow in confidence, confidence so, now. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, how's how's life down there, Scott? How's things going on in Australia? Great, yeah, great, tough. Um, the biggest, uh, you know, well, the toughest thing at the minute is the family's still not here. It's been seven weeks, um, so it's been it's a long really tough. And t- who's been away from the three kids and that? Who's been be making your dinner when they come? Though, who's been making your dinner? <laughs> I've always made my own jacker. Ah, rubbish. Away from home, but to be fair, it's nice to get a bit, of, you know. Home cooking as well, you know. So come home on the weekends to, to mum's cooking. To so your that's mum's. always good. That's where you've been going. Yeah, your mum's. Absolutely. That's where you've been going to get fed. Yeah, of course I am, mate. Of course I am. <laughs> in, in between, and uh, when I can get down, when I can get here, because it's still a good hour from where we're actually based in. in it's a in Melbourne. Scottish, you know, it's a big place here. Uh, it's a long pre-season, is it not? Twelve weeks. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to get to. You know, like we've already been in six weeks. And we've still got, well, the league starts for us on the 12th of October, so we've still got another five weeks to go. It's gruelling. Um, we've played two friendlies against, you know, t- you could put it two junior, you know, type of clubs, you know, that you would play in, in Scotland. So the levels, we're, we're slowly building here at the minute and just getting to know each other as a team. We're a brand new uh, football club as well. So everything's brand new. And yeah, there's bumps along the way and we're learning along the way as a club. Uh, but it's exciting times as well. No, what's what's the facilities people, you know, like in terms of managed, back in Scotland? We've to, well, night and day. I've got to be honest with you. We've managed to land on our feet in terms of uh, one of the local clubs in the in the western area. Melbourne has allowed us to use their facilities for the next two to three years, while 
uh, we build ours um, stadium and, and training complex, which is going to be you know state of the art. Um, really exciting for for the football club and for for Australian soccer as well. Um, but I, I can't complain with the facilities. It's brand new. It's got two four G pitches, two you know uh, state of the art you know grass pitches as well. We've got a gymnasium, uh, which is connected to the high school just right next door to us. Um, there's a nice little bistro. We, we get a nice little barista as well in the mornings. <laughs> nice little coffee made for us, you know, Fergie. So, no, I can't complain, mate. And, and so, the weather's holding up as well. We've not had any rain like you guys. So, um, and it's and it's been winter. So, it's been it's been great, you know. And um, happy for you. In terms of staff members as well, it's it's unbelievable, you know. So what? <laughs> compared to give, what give us, get in Australia. Uh, give, sorry, UK. Well, give us an idea, Scott. What look, Fergie's saying there when we, you talk about the standard of facilities. What we're looking at here is this on a par with Lennox Town, Auchinhoe type uh, of thing, no, better, better no, than anything else be in Scotland. It wouldn't be on par with the Lennox Town, um, but it's certainly out with probably, I would say, uh, it would probably be up there with probably Hearts's in terms of, right. uh, okay, out with the Orion main sort of indoor facility. Um, but, you know, how, where they get changed, the pitches that they've got for themselves, you know, where they can go and have lunch, their gym facility, probably on par with that. Um, in terms of having a private training ground, we're, we're not there yet. But um, you know, if you look up Western United, you know, football club, and have a look on their website, you'll see the plans in place and what we've got. It's really exciting. And at, um, and at your age, place. and at your age, how, how does a twelve week <laughs> twelve week preseason work? At they're not driving you up the wall. Yeah, well, in terms of from a physical point of view, it's not a problem. Um, you would want to play a lot more games at this moment. Uh, that's been the frustrating thing waiting five weeks till we actually played our actual first game so i think as you get older as well you need the games from a mental point of view you know training is is grueling and difficult um you've been doing it for 20 years and people should say well you should love it still but you know when you've done it that many times and everything's very repetitive um you want to get in the games you want to get in the yeah. tactical side of things as well you want the manager testing you challenging telling you what you want you know, in terms of what he needs from you tactically as well, and, and learning things like that—that's that, how you learn as a as a player and, and a future. You know, if you want to be a future coach like I do as well. So um, now we're getting to the nitty gritty, which is great. Um, but the problem being here, a lot of the uh, the better clubs are in their final stages. Uh, the ones underneath, obviously, the the A League itself. So we, we really can't play them at the moment so what that leaves in terms of what you can play is basically you're playing against other a-league clubs as well mm-hmm. in friendlies which is it, it's kind of weird for me in terms of that because it's like playing your your premiership rivals in in pre-season friendlies before the season's even started so they'll be interesting games in terms of how much you really want to give away it's um, cup, before the it? league starts as well yeah it's it's <laughs> kind of weird but it is what it is um and, and you need games so I think certainly the club would would look at maybe going away next year, uh, around about this time. They've talked about that, you know, to to maybe change it up. But like I said, everything's a, a learning curve for for the club at the moment, and it was just important that we get on the ground and and start doing the basics and, and getting to know each other, which uh, we're doing quite well at the minute. Right, brilliant, mate. Listen, really nice to speak to you, Scott. I hope things go well brilliant. for you down there. Right, good luck, Scott. Thanks, guys. We'll stay in touch, thanks, pal. Thanks, Baz, and best of luck with Kelty as well. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Right, Scott McDonald there. A happy Scott McDonald. Barry, we have to look at what else went on uh, across the weekend. Uh, some difficult times these in Edinburgh for, yep. for Hibs and Hearts, isn't it? And both managers 
getting a bit of grief. What have we got? Hibs are now fourth bottom. Hearts are second bottom. Yeah. Really bad start to the season for both. As it's a, I mean, I'll go in Hearts first. I think Craig Levine's under a bit of pressure. I mean, who's I, I look who's at putting Craig Levine under pressure? Craig Levine. Who's he do? Call himself up into the office. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. But I look at that Hearts squad. There's uh, decent players. Totally there. underachieving. <laughs> there is decent. I think he's got a really good squad there. Um, they're underachieving. And listen, it's a result, results-driven business. He needs to start getting results on the board in three points. Um, look, you fully expect Hearts at Tynecastle. Now, for me, Tynecastle... That's one of the most difficult fixtures, isn't it? Yeah, I love playing at Tynecastle, my favourite away stadium. Fans on top of you. But the Hearts fans are demanding. And they'll not be happy. I fully expected them to beat Hamilton. Um and they've went and dropped two points and he'll know himself he'll be under pressure. But this is the weird thing at Hearts, isn't it? Who tells Craig Levine that he's under pressure? Does Craig Levine send a memo to himself, an email saying, you need to perk up your ideas here, Craig? How does it work? I don't understand how it can work at Hearts unless Ann Budge takes total well, authority. I, I mean, Ann Budge says he's no bulletproof. I've heard her saying that. So, as I said, it's a results-driven business. Mm. If he doesn't start getting results on a Saturday... I'm sure Anne Budge is one of the type of people. She's a heart supporter. She she goes to all the games. You see her in the stand. She'll see the Hearts fans getting restless. And she's certainly not getting her money's worth. And, and it, no. Hibs just now as well. The, the, oh, the Hibs fans seem to be after Heckingbottom a little bit too. Yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd done well when he first when he initially came in last year. Um, another one, you look at that Hibs squad, there's a lot of talent in that squad. Um I don't know what's going wrong here. For me, they've got some, as I say, they've got match winners in that in that starting eleven. They've got a lot of quality. Um, and he's another one that's going to be under pressure there. Again, they've got a big support. They get good crowds at Easter Road. Um, it's a good club. It's a big club and a club that's got expectations. Well, that's it. You start this season, you look at it going... Rangers and Celtic are going to be going at each other, but you think to yourself, well, see if Hibs and Hearts can really make a solid, strong yeah, start to this season. Jacko, I always look at it and say, Rangers, Celtic going for the league. Aberdeen. Hibs, Hearts. Hibs, Hearts. They're, they're, that's the five yeah. big clubs. Now, it's only five games into the season, but the two Edinburgh teams, one sitting second bottom, one sitting fourth bottom, it's, um, it'll be disturbing for the, the supporters but oh. I, I keep going back to it early days aye but look at the players they've got look at the squads mm-hmm. they've got they've got so they should be they're underachieving that's a bit of a problem though isn't it, it if, is a if, bit if a, a manager has been able to assemble a right talented squad and he can't get results with it then usually there's only one answer to that yep I wonder how much time we'll see uh, St Johnson bottom as well you wouldn't have thought that no, I seen his interview after the game. Tommy Wright. Listen, he's a guy that I've got a lot of respect for. The the job he's done up up there's been incredible. Uh, has been incredible. It's a tough one. Um from I still think he's got enough to get out. Stevie May, I know he started on the bench. Um he'll be a big one for them. I still think they've got enough not to worry about relegation. Um but he look he 
cut a frustrated figure. Yeah. When I watched him, he looked, he looked down. He didn't look the the typical Tommy Wright mm-hmm. that we've became in you know and we see. But look, I still think he's an experienced manager. I still think they've got decent players up at St Johnson. I don't think they'll be worried about about relegation. But I think top six might be too much for them. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you're actually looking at a league now where after Celtic and Rangers, it's much of a muchness, isn't it? Aye. I mean, you, you could actually, you could make a case for any of these sides to finish in third place yep. across the league. Yeah, but I think the surprise package this year for me is, I think Muddle. Mm-hmm. I think Muddle might, might scrape into that top six. I look at them. I know they've had a, a few difficult results, but I think he's building a decent squad there. Well, they um, changed his style of football as well. It's I mean, last year, they, they changed it last yeah. season. Mm-hmm. They were, for me, I went to watch them against Hamilton Ackies. Uh, third part, and I came away thinking, wow, they're going to struggle this year. Around about the Christmas period, he goes and changes it. He brings in a few younger boys. Um, and he's kept the same, similar style. And I think they might be a surprise package this year, Muddle. Now they're starting to... Because when you bring a lot of players in, it takes time to settle. Mm-hmm. But that's a big result for him in Saturday. And that's them with that's Turnbull as well, doing. the best player last season. Yep, without him. And Aberdeen, we mentioned them because that was a big, big win for, for Derek McInnes. He's had not a very comfortable start to the season. That's a big win. Starts to normalise the season now. Aberdeen, I think, are sitting, what, fourth place now? Mm-hmm. And behind Livingston, Livingston, incredible start to the season, <laughs> but... Big win for Derek McInnes, just to re-establish Aberdeen's credentials, I think. Yeah, but people forget, this is what annoys me about people, people forget, he's every single summer he's got to Rebuild. revamp that squad, missing a lot of, um, sorry, losing a lot of good players, he has to go and, he doesn't spend any money, it's always free transfers as well, if you look at it with, with Dell, so, well, I, I, I think he'll always finish in the, the top three or four for me, Aberdeen. Um, he's been getting a bit of stick of late, but look, he's a good manager. I think Aberdeen fans need to be careful what they wish for there. Now, exactly, because listen, if they lose Derek McInnes, they'll struggle. He came, he's done at that club. Came quite close, and this is how we'll finish this podcast up, but he came quite close to taking the Scotland job. There was, you know, the, there was conversations going on towards the end of last season. It ended up, they went to Steve Clark, mm-hmm. which I think the whole country seems to be reasonably happy about. But Steve Clark has now got two games coming up, one on Friday night and one next Monday. So we'll be talking about that next week. Um, but just looking forward to it just now, Barry, is there anything to look forward to, Russia and Belgium? Is there anything for us to take out of this? Yeah, look, um, I look at again, I look at that Scotland squad. The, the only positions that worry me is the two centre-backs and the forward position. I think midfield wise we've got any centre backs is a problem yep I, I look at that midfield and there's a hell of a lot of talent I agree in that midfield the wide area listen you've got one of the best if not the best left backs in the, the world and Andy Robertson you've got another left back is going to be missing through injury obviously because he's not fit yet Kieran Tierney mm-hmm. but there's a lot of there's a lot of quality in that squad Aye. and I think Stevie Clark might just be the man to get us yeah I agree and I, I put it this way I don't expect us to take anything off Belgium no if we leave that game with dignity intact I'll be happy with that but I do think we can get something against the Russians I think that could be this is the key for the group 
after what's going on previously, mm-hmm. you know, the the, the, drop, the points that have been dropped, I think if we can beat the Russians and draw with Russia away, mm-hmm. that changes the whole dynamic. I think we can group. beat Russia. I agree. I do. They've got good players. <laughs> but so have we get good players. Yeah. I and I hope I don't see many Russians in the English Premier League. There's far more Scottish players no, in the English Premier and League. And I just hope Russian. Stevie Clark. Look, I just go back to what he done at Kilmarnock in a two-year period. He was there was frightening. Mm-hmm. Nothing short of staggering. Right. And I think he could be the man. We need him to be a miracle worker, Barry. I that's think he could need. be a miracle worker, well, but he's got he's got a lot to work with there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. He's got he's got quality. I mean, for me. That job comes up. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of managers interested in that job. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because over the summer there, because of promotions from the championship and all that, all of a sudden there's a raft yep. of Scottish players playing in the top league in the world. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't there previously. So you're actually looking at it and you're going, Stevie Clark, right, we're really grateful that you took this job. But now, actually, look at the components of your squad here. Look at the players you've got. Look at the clubs that are playing it. You've got one at Arsenal. You've got one at Liverpool. You've got one at Man United. Mm. You actually better qualifies. But look, then you've got Callum McGregor. Yeah, James playing Forrest. Europe, James Forrest, Ryan Jack. Mm-hmm. For me, he's on top form playing in Europe. You've got guys now gaining valuable experience and guys who I think can be... Big players like John McGinn, for instance. Exactly. Watch that guy, that guy. Celtic must be kicking herself. Oh. Letting them go down. He's worth a fortune now, isn't he? Already. Yep, signed a new contract with Villa. Wouldn't be surprised if, if he has a decent season, which I think he will do, doing there. Wouldn't be surprised if some top six club come in and pay an absolute fortune for him. Right, brilliant, Baz. Thank you for that. Uh, this was the first ever... Fergie Time podcast it won't be the last we'll be back again next Monday and as I said that'll be right in between Scotland games Um, but thanks very much for joining us and tell all your mates about it